So we're covering verse 23, Bori 23 of Japji Sahib today. According to Vedanta, which is the ancient spiritual knowledge within the Indian tradition, a spiritual path consists of four steps, four stages. The first three are actions, and the last step is the outcome, the fruit of those actions. The four steps to enlightenment are sravan, listening, manan, accepting, nidhyasana, internal meditation, and the knowledge that comes from that internal meditation. And the fourth step is sakyatkar, self-identification. Who do I understand myself to be? What understanding have I gained about myself, the true nature of me? It is the final dropping of the ego, the non-identity, which then leads to your true identity or your God identity. Looking at these four steps, we begin to realize that Guru Nanak Dev Ji has spent the last 16 verses talking about these four steps in detail. Going back on the Japji Sahib, starting from Pauri number eight, Guruji spent four verses talking about sunya. Sunya means listening, the first step of the spiritual path. Sravan, sunya. So Pauri's eight, nine, ten, and eleven, those four Pauri's, were all to do with the first step of the spiritual path, listening, listening to the Guru, listening to the Ved, that spiritual knowledge, listening to that Gyan. The next four, from Pauri's 12 to 15, were about manne, manan, accepting that, bringing that wisdom into your life, following it with no hesitation and no doubt on the credibility of the Gyan that you've been listening to, on the authority of the Guru's wisdom. Verses 16 to 19 were also four verses that were linked. There Guruji talks about the wisdom that comes from internal meditation. Guruji expresses the wisdom as praise of Kudrat, of creativity. 
he talks about the asank, the infinity of creation. But part of Guru's wisdom within that internal meditation that comes is not only the creative, but the creator, the creative source. And so creativity, Guruji talks about as part of that internal wisdom, that you begin not only to see the world around you, but you begin to see the source of that creation. And there in the beginning of the 16th body, in the beginning of those four verses, Guruji started to talk about the pen that writes the creative story. Sabna likya buri kalam. Everything is being written by that creative single continuous pen. And those four verses were linked by the last few lines that talked about Kudrat kavan kahavichar varyana java ekbar. What can I say? Who am I to say anything? So Guruji has spent four verses on listening, four verses on accepting, and four verses on nidhyasana, on that contemplative, meditative wisdom. The next four verses, although they don't have any lines that are matching, any words that are similar in all four verses that indicate that they're linked, when we look a little bit deeper, we realize that what Guruji talks about here is the outcome of the first three steps. This is known as Sakyatkar in Vedanta, in Indian ancient spiritual wisdom. That means, what identity am I left with? What do I now know about myself, having gone through these three steps? What characteristics of myself do I identify with? And when we look at the next four bodies, body 20 started with this concept of punni and papi. Which one do I identify with? Am I an, a sinner or a saint? Then body 21 talked about so which one am I? Am I somebody who goes on pilgrimages, Tirat? Am I doing lots of difficult meditations? Am I a very compassionate charity giver? Guru says all of these things, if you're holding on to them, you still haven't quite reached there. You have very little value in them. Then Guruji clarifies that he's been talking about these three steps. Sunya, Manya, Mankita Bhav. Guruji is doing discourse on these three steps of Vedanta. Listening, accepting, Mankita Bhav, having love within the mind, and the step of Nidhyasana is to go within yourself. Antargat Tiratmalnao going within myself and bathing within that pilgrimage. And what does he come out with? What does the Guru say is the message that you come out with? After having done sunya, manya, man, gita, bhao, antargat, malnao, what is the wisdom, what is the outcome of that? 
the outcome is sab gun tere main nahi koi guruji comes out with his definitive statement of non identity everything is yours i have no value i have no virtues vin gun kite pagat na hoye that now i realize that had you not even given the qualities for me to do these three steps these three steps of bhakti would not have even happened vin gun kite pagat na hoye he takes no credit for his own bhakti guruji shows the path leads only to one outcome which is absolute annihilation of the self destruction of the ego guruji does not take any credit for all the effort that it takes to get to that stage because if at the end of all of those steps you say i've done them then the i still remains this is why when you read gurbani when you listen to shabads time and time again the gurus are begging for naam they're asking for naam they're asking for shabad they're asking for sangat because they say i have no ability to do this on my own sab gun tere even turning up to sangat is your gun not my gun it's all part of this process of destroying the ego otherwise you can make yourself feel quite happy you can feel quite proud of yourself that you've left your old sinful life behind and now you're traveling on a path of virtue but guruji already said let's not identify with a punni or a papi we don't want to be the sinner or the saint we want to be nothing then guruji goes and looks at the two most prevalent religious traditions of the time and their ideas their philosophies their idea of creation guruji talks about kavan sovela vakt kavan kavan tit kavan var vel na paya pandati vakt na payo kadiya so he's comparing the pandit system with the kazi system the hindu scholars with the islamic scholars and he's saying you can go so far but you might still be holding on to one of these identities that yes i've gone through meditation yes i've listened yes i've got so far yes i've destroyed my own ego but i'm still a hindu i can't call myself a muslim or i'm still a muslim i can never call myself a hindu so guruji looks at both of them and he says which one of these are you going to hold on to and guruji says neither of them are accurate the pandit hasn't found the ultimate truth the kazi hasn't found the ultimate truth guruji says that anyone following this path the guru's path holds on to no religion in sukhmani sahib we talk about sagal taram me shreshth taram what is the best religion of all religions har ko naam jap nirmal ka 
Meditating on Nam is the pure action. That is the Dharam. That is the highest of all religion. Because time and time again, Guru was asked this question. Which one is better? The Hindu or the Muslim? Which one is right? You seem to know the answers to both. You seem to have studied both systems. Which one is better? And Guruji says that without the right actions, without the right way of thinking, both of them are wrong. Both of the followers end up crying, leaving disheartened, saddened. So in Pauri 21, the verse ends by clarifying that neither of those traditions are the ones I'm holding on to. Guruji says, a statement of non-ego again. Nanak jeko apo jane age gyana sohe. If you're holding on to any idea that I know the answer to something, then you can't go any forward. There will be no honor going forward because you haven't dealt with this idea that you still know something. Whichever tradition you think you bring that knowledge from, the idea that I know something, there is the I am again. You cannot go further. Going further won't be of any value to you. Bauri 22. Guruji does the same thing. Continues this theme of comparing the two prevalent traditions. When Guruji looks at their views of the universe. Pata la pata lak agasa agas. Orak orak pal thake ved so the Vedas are talking about the universe in this way. And the Abrahamic traditions are talking about it in this way. But Guruji's system again, only if there is somebody worthy of writing the account of the universe can it be written. But Guruji's statement again at the end of the 22nd Pauri is a statement of non-ego. Nanak vadda akie ape jane ap. How can Nanak answer this question? How can Guruji give an answer to what the universe is like? Guruji says the only answer is ape jane ap. I'm not even here to give an answer. So we can see that the last three verses have talked about this non-identification, that the ultimate identity is to say everything is you. So as we go into the 23rd body, we can say that this is going to be the culmination of this four-step process. And Guruji confirms that you need to go through all four steps. Listening alone isn't enough. Accepting alone isn't enough. Meditating alone isn't enough unless you've got to the outcome of that meditation. And yet, each of the steps are deep meditations in their own right. 
Listening is a profound meditation. Accepting is a profound meditation. Internal tirat is a very deep and difficult thing to do. So all of these things have value. All of these things are essential in the process. But they are incomplete if they don't tackle the one doing the steps. If you listen to the Guru all your life, if you accept the message of the Guru all your life, if you meditate as the Guru tells you all your life, but you never tackle the one doing all these steps, then you come out a loser, a failure. Because the purpose of these steps is to look at you, apna mool pachan. Until you reach the final step, the complete meltdown of individuality, until you've reached that point, you have to carry on. So, this is the depth at which meditation needs to be seen. In the West, meditation is becoming very popular. Mindfulness. People go on a lot of meditation retreats. You find people who are just weekly meditators going to weekly classes. They go to yoga classes. But without an understanding, without a gyan to back that meditation up, meditation becomes nothing more than relaxation. And this is how the West talks about meditation. Stress relief, relaxation. But Guru Nanak Dev Ji doesn't just want you to relax. He wants you to relax at such a deep level that the very person doing the relaxation relaxes his own ego away. Meditation begins with relaxation. But relax at such a deep level that your relaxation becomes a meditation. Meditate at such a deep level that the one doing the meditation dissolves and what is left is then divine love divine bliss not you in bliss but just bliss itself so this kind of meditation that we see in the west is not real meditation it's just a bit of relief from your stress in life. It's quiet time, me time. But Guruji talks about this right at the beginning of Japji Sahib when he says, Chuppe Chupna Hoi. Je Lai Livdar. Sitting alone in silence, that is never going to give you that ultimate deep level of silence, no matter how long you continue. Because you have to have the gyan that goes with it, you have to have the wisdom that goes with it. That's why Guruji talks about, listen to the wisdom first. So we can see that 
the beginning of verse 23 is going to be the end of these 16 verses, four sections of four each. And we can understand that Guruji is going to explain what is the depth of the true identity. What is the final outcome? So verse 23, Bodhi 23, continues with this idea of exploring the limits of the universe. In the previous verse, we talked about patala patal, trying to find the, the ends of the universe. So the universe, Guruji talks about as being so vast that it is essentially something that you cannot comprehend. And it's ultimately unknowable. Those who wished to have found the ends of the universe have tried and failed. Ordak ordak palatake. Reaching right to the very ends of the universe, the ones who've tried to do that again and again have failed. The universe ultimately only knows itself. We cannot know its limits. So after comparing these existing traditions, the Hindu way of looking at the universe, the Islamic way of looking at the universe, Guru Nanak Dev Ji is now going back to his method. That is the method of Nam, the method of praise, the method of divine song. How do we know that Guru Nanak Dev Ji places this method above all others? Because Guruji says that singing Nam Mantar is the precursor to the four steps of enlightenment. Rather than starting at Sunya, Nanak says, Gaviya Sunya Man So Nam and singing is the very beginning of Guru Nanak's way of doing meditation. Gaviya first and sing all throughout the four steps. So Pauri 23 begins. Salahi salahe iti surt napaya. Salahi means something that is praiseworthy, the one that is being praised. So here we're talking about that ultimate divine that is praiseworthy. Salahi salahe. To praise that. The second word, salahe, has a sihari, so it's a verb, it's an action. Praising the praiseworthy. Salahi, salahe, eti. Eti comes from the word itni, this much. Eti surt, surt here means understanding, napaya. Even if you continue praising, even if you practice Guru Nanak Dev Ji's system of naam, of gavye, of singing, of mantra, you're not going to find the answers to the depths of the universe. You won't find the limits of the universe. Guru Nanak Dev Ji has already clarified that that is unknowable. 
So we can translate this line, Salahi Salahe Eti Surtanapaya. Praising the praiseworthy, vast understanding is not obtained. Eti Surtanapaya. You will never find the limits of the universe. Your pursuit to understand the limits of the universe is fruitless. This path won't give you that. No path will give you that. Even though Guruji has said that you will have an understanding of the universe by beginning on these four steps, Sunya Tarat Taval Akas, by listening, you will have an understanding of how the earth is, how the skies are. Sunya Deep Lo Patal. You will know the higher and lower regions. So Guruji is saying you will have an appreciation for these things and you may understand from the Guru by listening what is the cause of these things but you won't find the limits of the universe. You may know the limits of yourself. And that is more important. That's what Guruji is trying to get us to understand. The limits of the universe are out of bounds. They're beyond the limits of man's understanding. But you can know the limit of yourself. So Guruji is saying that Nam will give you something. And notice Guruji is talking about Salahi Salahi. The word is praise. Guruji isn't being specific of any type of praise or any specific method of praise. Nam Simran isn't limited to a particular mantra or a particular way of doing it. Praise alone is important. That is Guruji's message, which is why in Gurbani we have hundreds of names that you can praise in all variety of languages. Today people get very scared of meditating in any other language. I say meditate in English if that's your language. If tuhi tuhi doesn't work, then a powerful mantra is this is you, this is you, this is you. Why should we limit ourselves to language? Why should we limit ourselves to words that we're not familiar with? Ultimately, this path is illuminating our understanding. This is gyan. And if Gyan needs to be received in the language of our brain, of our mind, of our thoughts, then Guru Nanak Dev Ji isn't restricting us in any way. There is no limit to what name you can use because the divine that you're calling actually has no name. So any name that you use is fine. Salahi Salahi Eti Surt Napaya by meditating, by reciting, by praising, you will not get the ultimate understanding of the limit of the universe. But this Nam will give you a more important final step in these four stages. And that final step is Nadia Ateva Pave Samund Najanya. You may not know the universe. 
But everyone who does praise, like rivers and streams, will go back into the ocean. You, by doing this praise, will dissolve back into the one you are praising. Praising the one who is being praised, you will dissolve back into it. Like all rivers and all streams, in any part of the world, ultimately ends up back in the ocean. Nadia atte vaha. Nadia means rivers, vaha means streams. Pave samund. They merge into samund, into samundar, into the ocean. Samund here has a sihari, which means into the samund. Into the samund. Samund is otherwise a masculine word, samundar. It should have an onkar, but when it, when a masculine word has a sihari, it means within that word. Just as rivers and streams all dissolve back into the ocean, your salahi salah will also have that effect. But pave samund na janiye. Even when the rivers merge back into the ocean, the rivers cannot comprehend the ocean. Even though you become one with the ocean, you will not know the limit of the ocean. You will become the ocean. But the rivers still don't know the ocean. And more importantly, once the river has gone into the ocean, you cannot tell which is the river and which is the ocean. The river's identity has also gone. That's another way to translate this line. Nadia atteva pave samund na janiye. Once the, the nadia and the va, once the rivers and the streams have merged back into the ocean, you cannot know what a river is anymore. You can't find that river. And interesting that Guruji talks about nadia and va. Nadi are like the big, grand, major rivers of the ocean. We think about the Amazon, the Ganga, thousands of miles long, several miles wide, grand big rivers. Ultimately, they end up back in the ocean. And little tiny streams, they also end up back in the ocean. Everybody ends up back there. Naam and praise will take you there. And when you get there, you disappear. There is no you left. Your identification with your name, with your body, with your family, with your religion, with your caste, with your social status, with all the great ideas that you had on this earth, all of them have dissolved. There is no you left to hold on to them. So let's think about what are we holding on to? We hold on to so many things. Guruji says, 
even the Hindu and the Islamic traditions don't hold on to them. The follower of the Guru's path holds on to nothing. But we're holding on. We've created now the Sikh religion and we say the Sikh religion is a fixed, finite, definite thing. If I'm a Sikh, then I'm definitely not a Hindu. If I'm a Sikh, then I'm definitely not a Muslim. So we've created this very distinct identity for ourselves and we hold on to it. I am proud to be Sikh, we say. And when that's not enough, we create subcasts within it, jathe, sub-tribes. We hold on to those. When are we going to let these things go? Yes, Guru Nanak Dev Ji created a unique path. It is said that Nanak Nirmal Panth Chalaya. Nanak created a unique path, a pure path. Guru Gobind Singh Ji talks about this being the Tisra Panth, the third way. Not the Islamic way, not the Hindu way. This is a different way. But Guruji says time and time again that we must not hold on to anything. The only thing that we hold on to is the wisdom of the Guru. And what does the wisdom of the Guru give us? Praise Nam. Time and time again, Barney says, only hold on to Nam. That's the only thing that goes with you in the end. Nothing else goes with you. So while we can follow the Guru's path, while we can follow the Guru's traditions, while we must listen, accept the Guru's way, practice as the Guru has told us to practice, ultimately, it is only practice. It is not something, it is not a destination. It is a tool, it is a method. When we get to the end, we must leave that behind. Everything gets left behind. And whether you are a great river, important, large and wide in society, or you are insignificant and small like a little stream, you will eventually need to go back. Back to that ultimate ocean. You have to. It's your home. It's where you came from. This is temporary. This world is temporary. We think we've come from our mothers and our fathers. But that's because we identify with our body. And our body has come from our mothers and our fathers. Even our name has come from them. Our skin tone, our hair color, our eye color, our features, everything comes from them. But the light that's switched on inside of us doesn't come from them. And ultimately, that's what you are. You are a body with the light switched on. You are alive. Where does that aliveness come from? Submejot. Everyone has that one light and that light is you. Because you are shining, we are shining. Because you are alive, we have aliveness in us. We have borrowed this aliveness. This aliveness has been infused into our bodies. So, we think we know where we've come from. But when we identify with our light, then we understand that we come from the divine light, 
Atma has come from the Param Atma. So we all have to go back to this ocean. The question is, do you want to take the easy route or the hard route? The Guru is outlining the steps that you need. And going into detail, Guruji goes into detail about how you do these steps. Are we willing to take this step? You need to take the express route. That's what Guru Nanak Dev Ji is offering you. But with all analogies, there are limitations. And even with the analogy of the river returning to the ocean, it is just that, an analogy. But there is a limit to how we interpret this. If we see ourselves as rivers and streams, then we may think just for a moment that we are not with the ocean. But Guruji is using an analogy here. Remember, you're actually not a river that is trying to make its way back to the ocean. You are already in the ocean. You never left the ocean. You are more like a wave in the ocean that doesn't know what it is. Don't for a moment think that you have to go somewhere. If you think you have to go somewhere, then you haven't understood who you are, where you are. People talk about this analogy of a drop of water returning back to the ocean. The drop of water has never left the ocean. You are already there. So this makes the path even more difficult. Then you really have to listen to what the Guru is saying. Because the Guru is showing you how to recognize where you are, not telling you to go somewhere else. This is not an live properly proposition. This is not live properly now, and then when you die, you will go to the correct heaven. The correct gates will be opened for you. If you don't find God now, there's no chance of you finding God when you die. Find God now while you're alive. So, if we are a wave that's already in the ocean, then Salahi Salah, using Naam, is ultimately reminding us where we are, who we are. Nam then becomes our way of training ourselves back to understanding who we really are. Nam is the boat that carries us. Or more accurately, it carries your understanding. So the question then comes, if Nadia Atteva Pave Samund, if the ocean has completely taken over us, if we no longer can see ourselves as rivers, if we no longer can see ourselves as streams, 
great or small, then what are we? What are we left with? Are we left with nothing? To this Guruji replies, Samund Shah Sultan Giraha Seti Malatan Here the word Samund comes again, the ocean comes again, but it's no longer talking about that divine ocean. If you are like a king, a Shah, a Sultan, that is as great as the ocean, an ocean-like king or master, Girha Seti Malatan, Girha means mountain, Girha Seti, mountains like Mal, it means your storage, your stock, Tan means your wealth. Imagine you were a king who was as grand as an ocean, with stores of wealth as high as all the mountain ranges. Keep that image in your head, because this is what we spend all of our life doing. We want to become those grand kings and masters. We look at these images of great big mansions, these multi-billionaires, and there's a part of us that thinks, why shouldn't I have that? But Guru says, imagine you are that for a moment. Samund Shah Sultan, Girha Seti Malatan, that you've got tan, you've got dalat, you've got paise, money and wealth and jewels as tall and as wide as all the mountains. Kiri Tolanahovani. That is not significant even to the weight of an ant. None of that stuff matters. Kiri means insect. Tol means to weigh, weigh something. The weight of an insect. All of that is not even equivalent to the weight of an insect. When you compare them to somebody who never forgets Naam in their mind. So this is not equal to an insect if one does not forget within their mind. If there is somebody who never forgets, then they are the real king. Otherwise, a rich king with lots of wealth and lots of fame and fortune, they are insignificant compared to somebody who meditates, somebody who's doing salahi salah. Even though that kiri may have nothing in the real world, because they've merged with the ocean, they are divinely exalted, they are rewarded, they are the ones who are the real winners. The greatest kings in the world are not even insects compared to the great meditators of the world. Knowing what you are 
is the biggest wealth that you can have. That is your wealth. This is why Gurbani talks about Naam as being a commodity that the meditators trade in. Gurbani uses these analogies that meditators trade in Naam. They barter in Naam. Their conversations with each other are conversations of Naam. Their shop only sells Naam. It only buys Naam. They only deal in Naam. Naam is their wealth. Remembering who you are is so beneficial to you because what you then connect with is a part of you that you don't have to let go of. You have to let go of everything else. It doesn't matter if you are rich and famous and you have piles of money as high as mountain ranges. None of that's going to go with you. So why are you identifying with these things? Remember Guruji time and time again is talking about your identity. What do you identify with? What are you holding on to? And time and time again we see even within our history, people who have known who they are have understood that they are the most wealthy. Countless shaheeds were forced with a knife against their throat convert to Islam. And we will give you all the wealth that you want. Think of all of the great shaheeds of our times of our history, would they not have been offered something to say, stay, be alive, and we will give you wealth, we'll give you titles, we'll make you a king, we'll make you a lord. But the Khalsa has never wanted any of those things because they have their wealth. In December, we remember the martyrdom of the Chote Saibzadeh. Even they were told to spare their life. Convert. We will spare your life. Maybe they would have been even offered great things. Because the people converting them would have wanted to keep them as trophies. Look, we've made these people one of our own. Queen Victoria did the same thing with Maharaja Ranjit Singh's son, Maharaja Dalip Singh. She kept him almost like a trophy. Come to our side. She trained him in the Christian way of life. He was the trophy Indian prince. But the Chote Sahibs are there, and think how young they were, maybe six or eight years old. They knew who they were. They had that wealth within them that they said, we don't need your wealth. Nothing that you have in the world to offer us, can take this away from us. What can you offer us when I know my own wealth? All the knowledge of the universe is insignificant. 
all the wealth of the universe is insignificant to the one who has dissolved his understanding, his body, his mind, his attachment back into the ocean of the divine. The vastness of the material world is no longer attractive to them. But this is only for the ones who remain aware of their presence. They know what they are. So Guru Nanak Dev Ji here has completely turned the idea of our attitudes towards wealth, our attitudes towards life, society, what we look up to. What is real richness in life? What is real poverty in life? Who are the real winners? It's not what society tells us. It's not what we've been led to believe. Yet the world is blinded by all of these things, by wealth, by gold, by platinum, by diamonds. We still can't go past these things. Guruji's message is as valid today as it was 500 years ago. Fast cars and big mansions, don't we all want them? But the reason Guruji doesn't value these things is because they're never really yours. You buy a house and you think it's yours. But chances are that house was there before you were born and that house will probably remain after you die. The car that you buy is temporarily yours, no matter how big or shiny it is. It's never really yours. So we must see everything in life as borrowed. Everything is on rent. Everything is on loan, including our bodies, including our families, our children, our brothers, our sisters, our husbands, our wives. They are all borrowed because they don't go with you. They don't stay with you. We all came into this world completely naked. And we leave this world even more naked than when we came. At least when we came into this world, we came with a body. When you leave with this world, you don't even leave with your body. You go even more naked than when you came. And this is the wealth that we've brainwashed ourselves with. This body, this family. We may even delude ourselves in saying we're wealthy because we have a healthy body and we have a loving family around us. Even that is not wealth. Hold the Guru's hand. Take the Guru's pill of Nam and go within yourself. Then you may know what you are. Let the Guru guide you. Actually do it. Actually follow these four steps. So that you may come out rejuvenated on the other side. And that experience of the ocean is so close to you that all this time you don't know what you're missing out on. You don't have to go anywhere. It is already there, 
right here, right now, in you, you have the ocean that Guru is talking about. But we haven't gone on those steps. We haven't even begun to understand that the Guru was talking about these steps. We think we go to the Gurdwara, we listen to some Kirtan, we accept a few things that the Guru says, that's it, we're done. Sunye, Maniye. We don't hurt anyone. Man ki tapao. But antargat tirath malnao, that's where we stop. Well, what are we talking about there? How do you go within yourself? How do you bathe within yourself? You have to bathe into the Shabad, into the words of the Guru. You have to dissolve into the words of the Guru and the Guru will take you there. You can't do anything. You cannot do Pagati on your own. You cannot do this on your own. This has to become your Ardas. This has to become your prayer. Not like you pray for another house. Not like you pray for a, another baby. This is the most desperate prayer you've ever done in your life. Guruji, show me. Show me what I am. Because so far I've not even begun to understand what I am. And only you can show me. When you matha take, you give your head to the Guru and you say, Guru, just take over. Take over for me. You get into the driving seat. You lead the way. Otherwise we become complacent, lazy. We think that the Guru... We've got plenty of time to do all that Guru stuff, all that Sikhi stuff. But who knows how much time we have? How much time did the Chote Sahibs they have? How much time did all the Shaheeds have? How many breaths do you have, do you know? This is so close to you and the Guru would not be talking about these things if it wasn't achievable for you. This is achievable. This is real. This is not fantasy. The Guru would not waste all this time telling you something that was just not for you. It is the wealthiest, most rewarding experience that you will ever know. You are pursuing everything else except that which is already there with you. That which has been given to you for free. Your aliveness is there waiting to be discovered. And it's sitting inside you and while you Explore the external world, you're missing. You're missing out. So the Guru has outlined these four steps. And along each one of those steps, Guruji has said, praise, gavye, naam, is what we hold on to. Use naam with every breath. Every time you listen to the Guru, understand that Guru is talking about Nam. Listen, understand it, comprehend it, accept it, follow it wholeheartedly. Then do what Guru says. Antar Gatti Rath Malnao, you must go within yourself.
the third step called Nidhyasana. You must go within yourself and start exploring. Then you may come out the other end with a new identity, your true identity. That identity where you know that you are the ocean. You have dissolved back into the ocean and there is nothing left of you. Wahguru Ji Ka Khalsa, Wahguru Ji Ki Fateh.